Welcome to Have You Heard, the AABP podcast. My name is Dr. Fred Gingrich. I'm the executive director of AABP. Today, we will be joined by Dr. Travis White, who is the director of veterinary technical services at the Saskatoon Colostrum Company Limited. Neonatal calf scours is a common disease in beef and dairy calves, and it can be a major reason for antimicrobial use in pre-weaned calves. Did you know that colostrum is not only a preventive measure on beef and dairy farms, but it can also be used to treat calves that are suffering from neonatal diarrhea? Listen to this episode which is sponsored by the Saskatoon Colostrum Company Limited, as we discuss how to use colostrum to treat calf scours when you are writing your treatment protocols. Stay tuned. Welcome to our show, Travis. Uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience, please? Absolutely. Thanks, Fred, for having me on. Uh, I'm Dr. Travis White, serve as Director of Veterinary Technical Services for Saskatoon Colostrum Company. I uh, got my undergraduate degree from Utah State University and my vet degree from Washington State University. Uh, following vet school, I was in private practice in central South Dakota for eight years and then had a stint at Transova for about four years and then have been in my current role with Saskatoon for the past three years now. Well, great. We really appreciate uh, your time today. We also appreciate the uh, support uh, that your company has given to AABP uh, coming to our conferences and participating in our trade show and then sponsoring our podcast today. Really looking forward to our conversation. Uh, and let's start off a little bit, uh, uh, Travis. Let's talk about the Saskatoon Colostrum Company and some of your products or services that our members may not be familiar with. Yeah, so we were actually founded in 1994 by Dr. Debbie Haynes and a team of veterinary immunologists at Western College of Veterinary Medicine. And since that time, we've been providing high-quality whole bovine colostrum uh, to the marketplace. So um, all of our colostrum is made out of whole bovine colostrum, nothing added, nothing taken away. Um, uh, the major products uh, that we support out there are going to be your Calf's Choice Total Gold, um, Colostrum 200, High Cal, and then we do several um, private label brands uh, for Animal Health International, uh, MWI, Gen X, Land O'Lakes, uh, several other entities that we do private labels for. But uh, we have a full product lineup. We did uh, acquire the Colostrix brand a few years ago, so we now have our powder within Colostrix. And back in August, we actually la launched a, a lamb and kid product through the Colostrix line. Oh, that's great because many of our members, of course, uh, are mixed animal veterinarians and practice on small ruminants as well. So great information. Thank you for that, Travis. Um, 
I'd like to talk in, in the topic of our conversation today is colostrum as a treatment for scours. And, you know, we always like to do some prevention. So I would also encourage our listeners to review the podcast we did uh, with uh, Travis. Uh, it's been a couple of years now, I guess, maybe 18 months ago, uh, and listen to that talk too. But today we're focusing a little bit on colostrum as a treatment for scours. And, you know, our listeners know that scours is a significant cause of morbidity and mortality on cow-calf and dairy operations. So review with our listeners, Travis, the importance of that first colostrum meal in preventing disease. Yeah, so that day one colostrum, there's really no substitute for that. You know, we're going to talk a lot today about scours treatment, but uh, mm -hmm. nothing trumps that that day one colostrum. Uh, it it's really what sets that calf up for a lifetime of success. So if we get high levels of passive transfer, then there's a lot of diseases and, and sickness that we can prevent. You know, if you look at a calf that fails passive transfer, they're somewhere between five and a half and nine and a half times more likely to become ill prior to weaning. Uh, they're about four and a half times more likely to die uh, prior to weaning. They grow at about two thirds the rate of their counterparts uh, feed efficiency is significantly reduced by upwards of 50%. And we also see that those heifers have a, an extended period to first service. And so there's a lot of health benefits that come out of uh, providing high quality day one colostrum and ensuring that we're getting adequate IgG levels in those calves. You know, some of the newer research is, you know, I, I, I do talk producer meetings and vet talks all over the nation. And you know, when I graduated vet school, which wasn't eons ago, but we were kind of taught that you needed 100 grams of IgG in the first 24 hours of life. And now with all the new research, you know, we're recommending upwards of 300 grams of IgG, and we got to get it in in the first six to eight hours of life. So a lot of new things have come out. Um, you know, our goal should be for at least 40% of our calves to attain excellent passive transfer. And the only way we can do that is by providing that 300 grams of IgG in the first few hours of life. Yeah, great points. Uh, always important for veterinarians to step back when they're looking at disease outbreaks in calves and look at that first meal. You know, we want the calves to not just survive, but thrive. And you've given some great uh, numbers there for our members to use as they talk to producers. But you know, today we're we're not just talking about preventing scours, which is obviously the first step. But if those animals succumb to scours, you know, how can colostrum be used uh, to treat those calves that are scouring? Yeah, so there's there is starting to be more research in this area. We just finished up a research project recently, but it looks like, you know, colostrum may be a great um alternative to antibiotics when we look at using it as for a treatment for scour. So, uh, and, and it works on a multifactorial level. So we're not just targeting the IgGs. Uh, there's several bioactives within colostrum that, that function in concert uh, to support that calf during a, a diarrhea outbreak. Um, and so from the research that's been done out there, you know, we've been able to show significant reductions in the duration of diarrhea, significant reductions in the amount of antibiotics used. 
And more importantly, those calves that were treated with colostrum versus alternative methods, uh, they gained 0.23 pounds more in average daily gain. So they didn't lose weight like a lot of these calves do. Um, and they continued to grow at a, at a significant rate above those calves that were treated in alternative fashions. Yeah. And, you know, um, you mentioned using antimicrobials and, you know, that's a, that's a concern in scours and in neonatal diarrhea cases, because a lot of those cases don't necessarily warrant the use of antimicrobials, but, you know, you mentioned the bioactive factors found in colostrum. So it's a good alternative to antibiotic use. Is that correct? Because sometimes producers are like, what do I need to treat them with? And my experience is when we say electrolytes, they they want something else. They want a treatment. Is that where colostrum can fit in or a colostrum uh, product can fit in? Absolutely. So we've we've been able to identify about 240 different bioactive factors, again, that kind of work in concert to support that calf. But, um, you know, there's probably thousands of bioactives that we haven't discovered yet. Um, but, you know, typically on that day one, we really focus on the IgG. Uh, from a treatment standpoint, we still want the IgGs there, but they're no longer the most important component of colostrum. So those IgGs are still present. They're no longer absorbed but they act locally to bind pathogens within the gut lumen. It's called lactogenic immunity. We also have a high level of colostral fat. So most of these calves that are experiencing diarrhea are going to be in a negative energy balance. And that colostral fat is a highly digestible bioactive fat uh, that really gives them the energy they need for their immune system to fight off the disease that they've come into contact with. But that colostral fat also contains sialic acid. And that sialic acid is a natural antimicrobial agent. Then we have things like growth factors, uh, like insulin-like growth factor, epidermal-like growth factor. Those go to, to stimulate the gut to rebuild itself after damage. And so uh, it, it works to help that calf to recover more quickly and become more efficient at digesting the, the nutrients that is provided to it. And then we have some other uh, nonspecific proteins. So things like lactoferrin, lysozyme, lactalbumin, those two are all natural antimicrobial agents found within colostrum. And then there is a, a natural anti-inflammatory agent, again, that kind of keeps that gut bathed in, a, in an anti-inflammatory and keeps that calf's immune system from overreacting. We know that cattle are really good at inflammation. You know, if we look at the lung damage that occurs from pneumonia, that lung damage isn't necessarily due to the pathogen of insult. It's more the, the animal's own immune response, uh, having an overabundant reaction to that. And then these calves are also oftentimes in a, in a dysbiosis. So the microflora of the gut has been disrupted and colostrum has over 40 all-natural oligosaccharides or prebiotics uh, that go to, to support that natural microbiome of the calf's gut. Is that where, you know, you, you good example with talking about, you know, we're all familiar and we've posted calves that have these blown out lungs from massive inflammation or peritonitis, but um, 
is that how, you know, can colostrum impact that uh, uh, gastrointestinal health when you have this massive inflammation throughout the GI tract? Absolutely. Like I said, there's, there is an all-natural anti-inflammatory agent that, that keeps that inflammation at bay. Um, again, some of the, you know, if you look at a calf's gut when they're going through some uh, enteritis, we, we get weakening of the tight junctions. And, and again, some of those uh, growth hormones and nonspecific proteins actually help to, to solidify those tight junctions so we don't get leaky gut syndrome. Um, so again, colostrum just works in a concert of ways. It's not just one bioactive compound that we're targeting. It, it, they, they all kind of work in, in concert to support that calf. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and can that, uh, you know, like you talked about leaky gut and, and, you know, that damage that those calves get to their GI tract, which probably has some influence on the numbers you talked about with decreased performance, decreased growth rates, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, can, can the colostrum repair that damage? It can. So again, those, uh, the growth hormones, uh, that are found within colostrum, you know, if you, if you look at a calf, when we do a necropsy and we look at a calf that's had enteritis, you know, oftentimes mm-hmm. that gut looks like a lawnmower went through and, and mowed off all the villi. Um, <sighs> and those, uh, those growth hormones can actually stimulate the gut to regenerate. So we're seeing calves that are treated with colostrum have, have fewer GI lesions um, on necropsy or repair of lesions. So they don't have as much scarring that occurs. Um, and it, it just stimulates that calf to become more efficient or be- to regain its efficiency, I guess you would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we've discussed that, you know, neonatal diarrhea, that negatively impacts animal performance. It's very interesting to me how that can affect lifetime performance. You know, you referenced, you know, uh, um, uh, impacting reproductive performance in heifers uh, that experience neonatal diarrhea. What are some of those lifetime implications to the calf if they're affected by scours and survive? And how does colostrum treatment fit into that? Yeah, you know, you look at, it it depends on the research that you look at, but you know, if we take a, a heifer calf, dairy heifer calf, for example, that gets a one-time treatment for scours, um, typically with antibiotics or and, and or electrolytes, um, that has a 330-pound decrease in her uh, milk production, lifetime milk production. And then, you know, if that animal is treated multiple times, that just exponentially compounds on top of itself. So, um and again, if, if we've experienced enteritis or a calf has experienced enteritis to the point where it has a lot of scarring in the gut, a lot of blunted villi, things like that, that calf is going to be inefficient at digesting nutrients for its entire life. And we know how important nutrition is and how it affects uh, numerous body systems. Um, but probably the most important one, you know, 80% of a, an animal's immune system is found within its gut. And so if, if we have a damaged gut, that calf's going to have a weakened immune system for the rest of its life. And it's going to, it's going to have challenges that it, it's going to, um, have trouble to, um, fight off, uh, throughout its production cycle. Um, so colostrum, again, it's a, it's a great way, 
uh, to support that entire calf so that we don't lose those efficiencies. We don't have those lifetime production losses uh, that we've seen in the past. Yeah, and then, you know, when we're on this improved performance, um, are there any studies out there that show the calves treated with colostrum versus conventional methods, be that, you know, electrolytes, antibiotics, gut protectants, et cetera, have improved that animal's performance? Yeah, like I said, we've we just finished up a, a research project here recently where um, again, we had a significant reduction in the duration of scours and the severity of scours, but more importantly, those calves improved their average daily gain. We also know that, you know, as, as average daily gain improves, um, that can also affect milk production, lifetime milk production. It can also affect age at first service, all of those things. So if we can improve the, the average daily gain of that calf, again, we're just making a, a healthier calf as we get closer to weaning. And then what we're finding is some of those production, at least average daily gain production um, parameters, those actually extend beyond weaning. So those calves will continue to outgrow uh, their cohorts that were treated in conventional ways. Yeah, that's interesting, Travis. And, you know, uh, one other question, and you, and you you brought it up previously about gut dysbiosis and, uh, you know, where the normal, that's where the normal microflora, the bowel of the GI tract has been disrupted. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so then, you know, uh, how, does colostrum restore that microbiome and, and how is that important? Because that influence, that has some impact and implications on lifetime productivity measurements as well. Correct? Absolutely. So if we look at a calf again, that that has scours and if it gets treated with an antibiotic, there was a recent paper that came out that showed that it took six months for that calf to reestablish a normal gut flora with one antibiotic treatment. Um, and again, even without antibiotics, many times these calves are experiencing a, a gut dysbiosis. And so the way that colostrum helps now, um, you know, there's a lot of probiotics on the market Um Colostrum doesn't actually provide the, the bacteria that's needed, uh, but they're picking most of that up via the environment anyway. What colostrum does is it, it has these 40 all-natural oligosaccharides that feed the normal gut bacteria. So we can it helps to reestablish that normal gut flora. Um, you know, if we think about a calf, there's been there was one paper that looked at um the, the microflora of a calf, and, and there's 3,500 different species of bacteria. Um, any one given calf may have a couple thousand of those, um, but altogether, as they sampled numerous calves, they found 3,500 different species. And so we really need to be supporting all of those species. Um, all of them play a role and a function. It's not just uh, you know one or two key gut bacteria uh, that make all the difference. I think that that's so important. And sometimes we don't think about, you know, the, the negative implications of using antibiotics. And it's not just targeting uh, the specific pathogen that we're trying to target. It impacts everything, you know, the normal microbiome, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and so we, you know, we need to, we need to constantly be thinking about that. 
As we wrap up here, Travis, I'm, I'm thinking about that veterinarian that's driving around in their truck this morning and they're working with calves on the cow-calf ranches and, and dairy farms in their communities. And, you know, they're thinking, okay, how can I incorporate this into my colostrum treatment protocol? So, you know, again, I would remind our listeners that Travis started this off by saying meal one is the most important and, and probably the most important meal that animal eats in their life. Uh, with that initial dose of IgG via colostrum. But let's talk a little bit, Travis, about the practical implications. How is this implemented on farms? What would a a potential protocol look like? So, you know, some farms maybe don't have colostrum stored. Is this where a, a dried whole bovine colostrum product fits in? And then how would that be administered, you know, like, do you space it out from the milk feeding? How many times do you typically do it, et cetera? Can you walk through a little bit of that practical knowledge that our veterinarians might use as they're advising their clients? Absolutely. So, we're, yeah, if they have stored colostrum, we, we would want to be using, you know, first or second colostrum milking. We would not want to use, uh, you know, hospital milk or fresh cow milk because it's not going to have a, a, enough bioactives left in there. Uh, but typically we're providing about a quart uh, twice a day um, in addition to their milk feeding. So you can incorporate that into their milk feeding or you can feed it as a separate feeding. Um, If you're using colostrum powder, then we recommend feeding 150 grams of colostrum powder per day. Again, that can be incorporated right into their milk nutrition. Now, if they're on milk replacer, we would have to watch our solids a little bit. So we may have to decrease the amount of milk replacer that's delivered to that calf. Typically, if they're fed whole milk, we don't see an issue with adding the colostrum powder directly into their whole milk diet. Um, but yeah, 150 grams that can be fed as a single feeding or uh, two feedings, depending on your, your production system. Um, so typically where you would put in a, an electrolyte, um, we're providing that 150 grams mixed in one quart of water at that point. Um, now, some of those calves are still going to need some electrolyte support, um, but that's the other nice thing about colostrum is that it's the near-perfect electrolyte. You know, if you look at the buffering ability of colostrum, uh, all of the components that are in there, the energy source, all of it makes it a, a near-perfect electrolyte. So many of these calves don't need additional electrolyte support. They can just get by with the, the additional colostrum feeding. That's really great information, Travis. And I can, you know, I, I am now not in private practice, but I'm sure that most of our listeners uh, struggle sometimes with neonatal scours, treatment protocols, and and trying to move producers off of the first thing they grab is antibiotics to give these calves. Uh, And and this just really provides them with an alternative uh, that has some evidence behind it, um, is easy to administer, and would encourage our listeners to consider that when they're talking to their producers. So uh, I want to thank SCCL for sponsoring this podcast today. I want to remind our listeners again, step one uh, when we're dealing with calf disease is colostrum, that first feeding of colostrum. Uh, 
The new standard is giving up to 300 grams. So uh, that bar is moving as we see these calves thrive that have higher levels of passive transfer. So encourage that. Monitor it on farms. Uh, Step two is make sure that we have judicious use of antimicrobials on our dairy and cow-calf operations. Is it necessary to give an antibiotic to the cases that are seen on your client's operations? Really critically evaluate that and then develop protocols that you monitor uh, for both prevention and treatment. Calf consulting is a great way for all veterinarians to get involved. It impacts the entire life of that animal, uh, is part of antimicrobial stewardship, disease prevention, and making sure that we're uh, promoting good health and welfare on our clients' operations. This is a really, really neat and interesting topic, uh, Travis, using colostrum uh, to treat scours. And I really want to thank you for your expertise and time today. Thank you. Appreciate it, Fred.